Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Ring Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. <sighs> Laura. Yes. Damn. Yeah. How are we going to do 199.75? How are we going to do this? I mean, I I don't think we have a choice. I think we just have to be truthful and honest. (laughs) We just got to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to because we've lived it. We so. sure have. We sure have. And and listen, as you all are tuning in, you have to welcome in everyone. This one is, you know, I think that we maybe incorrectly, and by maybe I mean definitely incorrectly. I think that there was a part of me that thought that recording once a week at this season of life, we would definitely have nuggets of positivity to share with y'all every week. We thought, now we have nuggets, sure. There are maybe good things happening with players or things, but it. we thought that maybe every now and again we get to talk about a win. And folks, it's been eight days since you last listened to our voice, and they've played five games, and we can't tell you that they won a game. <laughs> we actually can't tell you that they've won a game in the last seven games. <sighs> yeah, and and have won one game since October 21st. So this has been a bleak few weeks. If you're a Blue Jackets fan, you're getting close to a month in and one win in the last month. So it's been rough. It's been rough here, but nevertheless, we persist. We show up and we get in front of a microphone and we talk about it. And frankly, I don't know where this is going to go. I think that there's a lot of things that we could talk about. I think there's a lot of, like, like Laura and I were talking about before we started, we got to be honest about where we're at. It's not where anybody thought we were going to be. There's a lot of revisionist history happening right now, I think, on social media about what people thought this season was going to be. And I want to get into that a little bit. We're going to talk about all of it. But before we do that, Laura, I got to check in. It's the weekly time. How are you doing? I'm grouchy this week. Um, I'm not in a great headspace. And so I have not been... um, very great. Uh, and that, you know, the Blue Jackets contribute to that doom and gloom uh, scenario. But no, I just like have very much so known myself to be in a um, grouchy attitude all week. Um, so it's been great. But don't worry, folks. I also started therapy on Wednesday. So cheers for therapy. I had a session today. It was great. So we're big supporters, um, but yeah, I don't normally, like, I normally try and, like, be pretty, you know, fine with everything or, you know, at least upbeat on here, but I feel like that's disingenuous, and if I'm going to start therapy, I feel like I just should, like, be honest with my emotions, and so I'm in grouchy. It's also been just, like, shitty weather like the kind of fall that's like not great like it's been raining all day today but it's also like unseasonably warm 
Oh, and yeah. so it's just kind of gross. I was going to say, like, it's been warm up here. So when you were saying that, I was like, has it been cold down there? But it's been, like, warm, but it hasn't been rainy. No, I think the last cold day was uh, Tuesday when I went to work because I there was, like, frost on, on my windshield. But other than that, it's been, you know, in the 60s, low 70s, um, which is just kind of gross for this time of year. So. Yeah. And the rain, like all the leaves are wet. Mm-hmm. So like they're just, it's just gross. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's fine. We're next week's Thanksgiving. It is. Lots of things, it's exciting things. So I did buy myself a new pair of shoes this week. When? Because I deserve them. Yes. Um. And normally I like don't spend a lot of money on this type of shoes because they're just like my everyday like tennis shoes that I wear. But I decided that today or that day, I think it was Tuesday, was the day that I was going to spend slightly more money. Um, so yeah, treat yourselves, friends, yeah, if you com- can. Comfort is key. Comfort is key, especially this time of year when the world is just like busy, busy, busy and the holidays are here. And so treat yourself to something nice this holiday season. Might I suggest a Here's Johnny shirt? <laughs> Actually, you know what? No, I'm we not going to suggest that. that <laughs> no, I'm not going to suggest that right now. Um, but yeah, that's fair. Good shoes. Love that. But yeah. So, and I'm about to start baking for my Thanksgiving bake sale So that's always exciting. I only work one day next week. So that is also exciting. Um, And you're coming home. I am. I am still hoping that it's it's supposed to maybe snow on Tuesday. And so I'm still trying to figure out what my life is going to look like. I think I'm going to come down Monday to try to avoid any potential snow because I just don't like driving in the snow. Like, I don't like driving in the snow when it's actively snowing. If it's on the ground or if it's on the roads, if it's not actively snowing, I can manage. I live in Michigan. It's it's a new found talent of mine driving in the snow. I don't love it, but, like, I can do it. But if it's actively snowing, I think, I think I'm still traumatized from the blizzard that I had to drive students through two years ago when I started at Grand Valley. I mean, I'm still traumatized from moving you to Grand Valley, so. Yeah, no, We're that's definitely fair. into the season of where I don't travel to visit you, so. Yeah, I'll see you in May, girl. Up here, at least. <laughs> I'll yeah, see you a couple times before then. I was like, I won't be returning to uh, Michigan until, unless it's by plane, um, until it, the springtime when everything is thawed out. I don't know. I feel like because of the last horror story with traveling via plane, I think that that might be out of the question, too. Like, I'm not trusting that that's not also informed by some PTSD at this point. <laughs> you mean I'm not, you're not trusting that I wouldn't get, like, um, a stopover in like Nevada before flying to Grand Rapids. Like I'm not convinced. You know, that I'm not kind convinced of, of anything. Situation. Um, but yeah, so that I did a really dorky thing because I'm taking my niece and nephew and my mom, I guess now to see the Trolls movie next Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Love it. And so I pre-bought our tickets today and it was so embarrassing because I'm literally the only person who has bought tickets for this movie. So, cause you could like, you like pick your seats so you right. can tell. And I'm literally the only person that's bought tickets for this movie. So. I, hey, I think that you are just prepared. 
because you know that everybody's going to be bringing their kids out for this and you got the best seats in the house. Yeah, I got to be strategic. I got to think about where would be the best viewing opportunity. Um, I got to make sure we were on an aisle because I don't like sitting in the middle because my adorable niece and nephew will have to go to the bathroom at least once during this situation. Big question Um, here. Where do you sit? Like, obviously an aisle, but like, where do you sit? Like front back? Like, where do you like kind of like put walk us through like which row ideally? (laughs) Well, in this situation, we're in row G. Um, I did count the number of rows and then pick the middle one. Okay, so you're in the middle overall. Yes. And plus, like, my niece and nephew are 10 and soon to be 8. And so I don't want them ruining their eyes by sitting too close slash knowing that my mother is going now. Like, she won't want to sit too close. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to sit all the way up there in the back. Um. So like yeah, I like I'm a good middle perspective person for a movie. I'm a back of the theater girl. I don't know why. I think that's just literally where like whenever I went with my parents growing up, I think that's literally just where we would sit. And so I I think that that is just I'm accustomed to that. I can feel like Randy wouldn't enjoy people sitting behind him in those scenarios. It was really more of my mom. I really think I've only gone to like see like two or three movies with my father in a movie theater, and I think i could name them i think they were uh wild hogs that fucking tim allen and <laughs> john travolta <laughs> movie an insane cast too and martin lawrence i think is in it yeah and is oh is it robin williams in it rest I, rest in peace uh, maybe i don't know it's a fucking insane cast i actually don't super understand it we saw that in theaters and i think i saw my whole family saw the polar express when it came out but that was like a whole family situation. And then I know we went and saw Mr. Rogers, like the new one that Tom Hanks did. That was lit. Like I actually no, and rock of ages when that came out. Do you remember that? Your dad went to see rock of ages. Yeah. Cause it was like all of the music that he loved. It was like the, like, it literally was like the whole, what's that whole, like TikTok subgenre of music right now. That's like divorced dad rock. Like it's literally like that. <laughs> Do we count? He's he's not a divorce. He's a widowed dad. Well, I mean, no, no, that's not true. He has had a divorce. <laughs> oh, that is true. He's like, oh, he's double those subgenres. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Like, so it's yeah. I he forgot definitely... that he was married to your brother's mom too. Yeah. So, so I mean, it does fit. It does. If the shoe fits. You got to wear it. But yeah, those are literally the only movies I can think on the top of my head. I'm sure there are more, but that's the only ones I can think of. You guys aren't really movie people. Well, my dad, my mom and dad were like, though, like not necessarily like new movies, though. Like they were definitely like watch old movies like at home kind of vibe. Like it wasn't really like a go to the movie theater all too often. My mom and I went actually right like moderately regularly, but it was usually like the blockbuster kind of movies, like the big ones and all that kind of stuff. And my mom was obsessed with the Marvel movies. I wonder how she'd feel about the ones that have come out. Uh, She would eat it up. She loved them all. Also, Harry Potter. Don't know what that was about. And Twilight. Oh, no. I don't know what happened there. Loved them, though. I got forced into watching all of them in the theater, so. Fair. I saw one of the Twilights. I can't remember which one. You know, they're all the same. Fair. That's valid. I think it was the last one, because I vaguely remember, like, watching that end scene where it's, like, a dream. Spoiler alert. Um, that movie came out like 15 years ago. Yeah, so. that's on them. That's on them. <laughs> if they didn't know that, that's on them for sure. Mm-hmm. 
God, Jeremy's not a movie person. I'm not. I'm trying to be better. It's just not I think we've seen exactly one movie in the theaters together. Yeah. Love Simon. Yeah, and I saw the Barbie movie this year. But we did not see that together. No. I'm trying to think if there are any other ones that I'd seen before then. Oh, Marcella Shell, she was on like 15 times in the theaters. I am weird. I'm weird. It's okay. Yeah. This is fair. This is fair. But anywho. So how are you? I am. That's what I told my therapist today. I like just kept finding myself like saying like, I just am, or I am just, like, I am just being, like, I am just, like, which, if you know me, you actually know that that's, like, maybe actually not a bad thing. Like, you would know that, like, I am very, like, much, like, go, go, go all the time, and I have not been doing that for the last few weeks, and so work has been crazy this week, like, but not in the sense of, like, it's been chaos, but just in the fact that, like, it's just been long days, and so I'm exhausted, but not mentally exhausted. Like, I'm not, like, depleted. I'm just, like, kind of sleepy, but, like, not bad, and I... Um, yeah, I just, like, feel like there's not a ton of chaos happening around me. It's weird. I actually don't know how to react to it, frankly. It's just strange. So, navigating all of that, excited to come home for the holiday this week. I don't, I'm excited to go to Tampa. I'm going to Tampa in a couple of weeks, so that might change a little bit about, um, when we have episodes coming out that week, but I am going to be at a conference in Tampa, which is going to be nice. They Laura, do you want to hear the most insufferable fucking thing about this conference? Sure. So the venue, like the conference venue is not very far away from Emily Arena, which is where the Tampa Bay Lightning play, right? So Thursday night, there's an excursion that you could pay $55 for, and it's to go see the Lightning. I need you to guess who the Lightning are playing to make it the most insufferable night of my life. The Chicago Blackhawks? No. Um, you've got this. The Florida Panthers. No, and they are they they are in this five game stretch of losses that the Blue Jackets have had since we last recorded. The Arizona Coyotes. No. The Long Island the Long Island Mediums, the <laughs> New York Islanders. No fucking way. <laughs> That's your best fucking blooper in this entire podcast history. The New York Islanders. No, the Pittsburgh Penguins, girl. Oh. Yeah, so I would be miserable. So you're not going? No. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. They, I have friends that want to go. I am worried about going. And I'm also not paying $55 for it. I will look on StubHub for something cheaper. But, will yeah. Will you find something cheaper? Yeah, there was a couple that were, like, a little bit cheaper. Not, like, dramatically, but, like, I just can't for the sake of my, like, well-being. I would rather compensate a Lightning fan who doesn't want to go to the game than than the franchise. So I'm... Yeah, I'm weird. Okay. Um, but so I'm excited for all that. I don't know. I am. Yeah, I just am. And that's okay. Work's been actually going pretty well. And it feels good. The Blue Jackets suck at hockey. That's not great. But other than that, yeah, I'm just kind of existing. Cool. Yeah. I'm kind of boring this week. Got to be honest. But I'm learning to be okay with that. Progress. Yeah. I feel like we're like kind of like having like an ASMR kind of episode. I'm feeling <laughs> you know, like I don't little, like ASMR. We're a little quiet. We're a little bit like 
flowy. Um, well, let's fuck that all up and let's talk about the Blue Jackets because I don't think either one of us is going to know how to be quiet during this whole conversation because it's rough. It's not going great. It's actually pretty bad. And I don't know that either one of us really fully know how to process it. The Columbus Blue Jackets are 4-9-4 four, and four after 17 games into this season, which at this point we're almost you know 20% through the year. And they have more stiff competition this weekend. Uh, They're playing at Washington and they're on the road then on Sunday against Philadelphia. And it just is going to be brutal if they cannot find a way to get a win here in the next few days. Again, the Jackets, they haven't won a hockey game since November 2nd. I was against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And even at that point, I mean, they were 4-4-2. Things didn't feel too bad. And I think the thing that has been the most infuriating since then is the way that they're losing hockey games. And we're going to get into it, but I, I, man, it's not that I would rather see this team get like demolished night after night. That's not the point. I think I am just getting to the point of frustration with this team where I just need to see them finish a game. I just need to see them close something out and they're just incapable of doing it. The top players are not playing up to the standard that we need them to. They're not, they're definitely not paying what playing what we're paying them to play at. And it, it just seems like everything that you expected to potentially happen for the blue jackets this year is not happening. There was conversation. Oh, well, it might take guys like, don't get too excited. The Blue Jackets, young guys, they're going to take a second to get going. They're going to need to adjust to the NHL. They've been the best guys on the ice. It's been the veterans that have really shit the bed here in the last couple of weeks. And that's what makes this whole thing harder. That's what makes you want to know if there is a change that needs to be made in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it looks like. They've got too many fucking players. They've got guys in the AHL that shouldn't be in the AHL. They've got guys in the NHL that frankly shouldn't be in the NHL and they shouldn't be blue jackets, but here we are. They are, and it is. (laughs) And so all we can do is talk about what's been Laura. I mean, like how have you been processing these last five games and ultimately what the start of the blue jacket season has been to this point? Um, Up until last night, I was processing everything. as like kind of glass half full because I am a proponent of, like, I do like Pascal Vincent's coaching techniques and strategies and all that sort of stuff. I think that he holds players accountable. Um, <clears throat> I like that he's not afraid. You know, we we said all of these things last week, but, like, I like that he's not afraid to, you know, bench um, any player when they're not playing well and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm also not, like... I said this on Twitter, like, I think it's too early. Like people, you know, I mean, this week more people are calling for Yarmo's job, but like last week, a lot of people were calling for Pascal's job. And like, I don't think that that's fair um, just based on the situation. I mean, he had three days to turn a team over from a terrible like coaching fiasco um, that had implications within the team that I think, they covered up really well in the beginning, but I think are now coming to light um, in some way, shape or form. Like, I think there's some disconnect between the veterans and the young players um, that I think started in the summer, but they were able to put a bandaid over it in some way um, and starting to um, ooze out a little bit to not be too graphic, but um, so I was definitely more so like glass half full, like, 
they're working it out. They're figuring, you know, I don't hate that we do line. Like, I don't hate that, like, the lines look different every week or every game. Because, honestly, what line have you seen put together this season that has had any real chemistry other than, like, Sean Crowley and Matthew Olivier or, like, the fourth line? The fourth line always, like, finds a way to solidify itself. But, like, there hasn't been a line that's been put together that's had, like, this crazy dynamic, you know, chemistry that how dare we consider pulling them apart, like, that kind of scenario. Like, so they have to figure out what combination works. And so that means that there's going to be different lines every single game until that magic combination you know, it's just, it's why I call it Blue Jackets Boggle, because in Boggle, when you shake up the container, like you win when all of the letters line up to form a word. So that's what we're waiting to do, essentially. We're waiting for all of the right letters to fall together to form a word, in in theory. Um, or in Yahtzee, like if you think about it that way, like when you shake the dice for Yahtzee and you throw it out, you're looking for that um, exact combination and we just haven't found that yet. So for me, that's totally fine. Like do all those things, like do what you need to do, like, you know, to figure that out, you know, pull names out of a hat. I don't care. Like, you know, just find it eventually. Um, but I think the more frustrating thing is that a, most of the games that we've lost in the last seven, are games where we managed to eventually have a lead and then blow it. Um, and so it's the fact that they don't seem to understand how to play a game with a lead. Um, it's the fact that we haven't scored a power play goal in over 30 opportunities, which is just horseshit when our penalty kill is one of the best in the entire league. We haven't allowed another team to score a power play goal in over 28 opportunities, 10 full games. Like, so clearly one part of the special teams is working. Um, and the fact that we're paying nearly over $20 million for three players, because I'm going to throw him into this too in a second, over $20 million for Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Line, and Boone Jenner, who are not producing in the slightest and haven't in multiple games. Um, Johnny Gaudreau has one goal on the entire season, uh, which 17 games in is, you can't, I love him too. I love him being a Blue Jacket, but that's not acceptable anymore. Last night we watched Patrick Line take all of his rage out on a stick on the bench because he's not producing. We tried him again at center last night. It doesn't, it's not clicking. And we don't have the time at this point to let it click anymore. Like, we just don't. We're getting too far into the season. Yes, it's still early on, like, but still it's not going to be early on much longer. Like it's almost December. So some of these like bigger dreams and aspirations, we're going to have to table until we start winning some games. And then 
they can like it's the thing I say all the time is like I hate when they pull the goalie even though I know that it makes sense to do that to get an extra skater but we are not a good enough team to pull the goalie ever like I don't care like we're just not we're just not because it nine times out of ten does not go in our favor like we all we we have empty net goals scored on us all the time so like for me, I'd rather not put in an extra skater at the end of a game and keep Elvis or Spencer in the net just to avoid that circumstance. Um, but yeah, last night I think was the tipping point for me. I mean, they could not have bought a goal, which is the sad part. I mean, they had 17 shots on goal. On goal, that's not even attempts. They had 17 shots on goal in the first period last night. Adam Fantilli had five on his own in the first period. Not a single one of them reached the back of the net. And then we get to the second period and they're still trying. And the the person who gets a goal is not the person that you need to be scoring. Damon Severson does not need to be scoring goals on this team. He needs to be stopping pucks. I mean, I'm grateful that he did because it got us out of a hellscape of a 0-0 game. But, you know... And then we still end up like they did all of this fighting and we still end up losing because they just couldn't get a goal to save their lives. And at the end, they gave up. You know, Pascal Vincent benched Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine for the last half of the third period because we were better without them. And that's the truth. Like, statistically speaking, like, I don't like to look at stats. I'm not the stats person on this show. Jeremy is. Hey. <laughs> but I looked at it and we were freaking better when they weren't on the ice. So why are we paying close to $20 million for people who make us worse at this point? Mm-hmm. So that was a long ramble. Again, I told you I'm grouchy. Um, but yeah, up until last night, I was very glass half, glass half full. Um but it's, it's tipping the scales and it's also making me upset because it's making Elvis has gotten better and it's making Elvis look bad when we lose games. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's still a part of me that thinks that like, this is honestly like the most like redeeming story arc that he could have though, where it's like, I think people are pretty aware of the fact that this is not Elvis. Oh yeah. Fault. Like, and, and, and like, in, I know in what you weeks, mean, but... yeah, weeks past, it's definitely been like people blaming him and all this sort of stuff. But honestly, in his last three starts, he's been the reason why we haven't lost the games, you know, eight to two sort of situations. Like he's had massive saves and he's played his heart out. Um, and, you know, he's the reason why we've had any sort of capability of staying in these situations. Um but it's just, I can't imagine. I mean, it's frustrating for all of them, but like, I can't imagine how frustrating it is for him to play these long stints and then still have, <laughs> like, still have the result be, you know, a loss. Um, so, yeah. And I think you can see someone said this on Twitter today, and I apologize. I don't remember who exactly it was, but like, you can tell that something is wrong because the people who are doing like pre and post game media are not who you should be hearing from. Mm. Like you, we have very rarely heard from Boone over the last few weeks. Um, 
you know, obviously Zach has, you know, does media, but like, even then he's just Mr. Like positivity, positivity, positivity. Like there's just, there's something not right. And I didn't really think about it until I saw this person say it on, on Twitter. And I was like, you know, that does make a lot of sense. Um, that it would be weird for, especially Boone for Boone, not to be doing media every single game. And as the captain of this team, like that's a little telling. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, the guys who are, who are being put in front of the media, the guys that are showing up and performing to some extent. I mean, even to your point though, like, I mean, Zach is tied with the team lead and in, in scoring with Ivan Provorov, right? I mean, they both have 10, 10 points in total. And, and so, you know, even at that point, like you're still talking about the guy who is, and that's another problem, right? Like if your two leading scorers are, are two defensemen, like what's going on there. But I, you know, some of this too, like, and this is the part of it that like kind of tells a story that maybe is, this is maybe like me tapping into the glass half full kind of space. And I don't even know why I'm doing that because I really don't know that I'm feeling it. But if you, if you're familiar, and I am going to lean into the stats here because I think that, um, you know, they can tell a little bit of a story here. The other thing I'll say too, sorry, I'm like reverting back, like thinking about some of the stuff that you were saying was, I also would say that a consistent line for the Jaggets has been the Fantilli, Voronkov, and Marchenko line. Like, I think that that line has demonstrated to, to some extent that like there's chemistry there. And the fact that Dimitri Voronkov, I mean, obviously like he hasn't played every game this year, but he's got eight points. He's only two points off for the team lead and points. I mean, like, and, and Adam Fantilli is sitting there at nine, you know, I, it sucks because I think that there is a real opportunity for Adam Fantilli to actually like potentially be a Calder candidate, but the way that this team is playing, it's not going to happen. But, you know, you look at their shooting percentage across the league and right now their shooting percentage is an 8.7%. The league average is a 10.2. So they're shooting dramatically below uh, what they should be. And a player like Johnny Gaudreau is one of those prime examples where he's shooting at a 2.5% that's not going to continue. Like it has to not continue. Right. Like that's just simply like the math doesn't math there. Like he's never really been below like a 7% in his career. Right. Like, so at some point that's going to give. So obviously you're hoping that that happens, but at the same time, the effort has to be there. The energy has to be there. And I just don't know that it is. I just don't know that when you watch it, that it is entirely. And so I think that what you will need to see happen is you need to see these kind of moments of accountability. Now, the one thing that I'll say, I'm a little bit iffy on benching Patrick last night. And I only say that because he's still coming back from, I mean, he hasn't played too many games since coming back from a concussion that sidelined him for nine games. I would have thought that, and, and Elliot Friedman said this on 32 thoughts today. I would have thought that he would have had a little bit more of a leash than a player like Johnny Goudreau, who has been pretty consistently absent. Um, you know, I honestly would argue that Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Lina have been equally as absent this season. And, Patrick Line has missed nine games. So I there's a part of me that doesn't know if that was the right play, but I also understand why the play was made there. You know what I mean? And I think it's hard because you want to put guys out on the ice that are showing you that they're capable of doing good things that night. You don't necessarily need to put guys out there that are capable of doing good things because their career tells you they have. But I also at some point wonder, do you need to – throw a guy like Patrick Line or Johnny Goudreau out on the ice when you've got an extra man to kind of counteract what you're talking about there, Laura, which is that whole, you know, not really being able to ever find the back of the net when you've, when you 
pull your goalie. And it seems like so many times in Blue Jackets history, they've been on the receiving end of one of those empty net goals. Uh, or no, I shouldn't even say empty net goals. I should say like six on five goals that have tied a game or that have changed the entire dynamic of a game. And so, I don't know. I I am hopeful that they're going to find a way to get out of this hole, but it's hard to watch this in like night in, night out and think that they're going to be able to do something without making a change. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what a change means. I don't know what a decision means, but I think there needs to be one. And you got a little bit of one. You sent Emil Bemstrom down to the AHL. He cleared waivers. So he stays with the franchise, which, you know, I think that that's a telling story, right? I mean, like you get a guy who's young, who has honestly promised if he's in the right situation. I really do truly believe that. Like, I think that there are situations in the NHL that really benefit Emil Bemstrom's game. But you had teams that look, overlooked that, right? Like, and so, you know, that also is indicative of cap situations and whatever have you. But it just then you try to bring up you bring up Trey Fixwolanski, and you know, I, you know, one game in, we're not going to make too many rash judgments at this point about how he's looked. But yeah, I just there has to be a change, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what you do. I don't know if it's one of these things where you're almost doing addition by subtraction in the sense of when you start to get rid of some of these players through trades or whatever have you, sending them down to Cleveland, that you're going to start to see some improvements. But something's got to give, and I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I don't know what. And I don't think that it's worth considering getting rid of any of these guys who are maybe your top, your your your, your stars. But it's hard to not start thinking about that, right? Like, it's hard to not stop, start thinking about, have we just been wrong the entire time? Like, are we doing that thing that, like, I think Columbus fans have done before and will probably continue to do? And I think this is true of any sports fan, where it's like, have we overcalculated what we thought we had? And are some of these players that are in these spots, like, not actually the players that we thought they were? I don't think that that's true. But it's hard not to start thinking that way. And, I mean, it's one of those things even to some extent where – you know, you look down and things look promising in Cleveland. They're eight, three, and one. They're on top of the North. They've been playing really well. Their top players have been their top players. Um, and frankly, their top players are probably could be some of the Blue Jackets' top players right now if they had the opportunities. So I just don't know where you go from here. And I think that that's the part of this that feels the most demoralizing. Like last year, I think that you understood, right? You looked around and you saw all the injuries. You knew that this team wasn't going to be as good to begin with, and you knew that these injuries were going to mean that this team was not going to be as competitive. You knew that if this team sucks, you had a chance at an all-star, at not just an all-star, but a franchise-changing player like a Connor Bedard. And if that didn't work for you, well, then you had a chance at players like Adam Fantilli or Will Smith or Leo Carlson. And I like like that's not what any of this energy is right now because I think that we all expect so much more. And this revisionist history of we always knew that this team was going to be like this. We always knew that this team was going to potentially be worse this year than last is bullshit. Like that's not true at all. I don't know that. I mean, I didn't expect this team to make the playoffs this year. Like I, I didn't at all. You can go back and listen to our predictions episode. But what I'll say is I expected them to be competitive. I think I said that they would be anywhere from like 18 to 23. Like I thought maybe right now they're, they're third from the bottom in the NHL in, in point percentage. And they're really only being saved by a team like San Jose who like just decided to start playing hockey 12 games into their season. Like that's the kind of stuff that's just mind boggling to me because it doesn't feel, it feels 
hopeless in some ways. And I know it's not, and I know it'll get better, but that's what it feels like. It feels hopeless. It feels like this team has no direction at this point. It feels like there's no real understanding of what's to come and what's next. And that sucks. Like, I don't know. I haven't been in this place in my fandom of the Blue Jackets in a really long time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it just, I mean, I mean, I was obviously a little bit more optimistic, awesome, optimistic than you when we started this out um, this season, but it's just, yeah, it, it's just, it doesn't, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Um, normally one would predict or expect that the younger players would be the ones that were struggling um, and not the veteran presence. Uh, normally one would think someone who was labeled, you know, one of the best wingers in the NHL would suddenly appear that he does not know how to play hockey. Um, you know, actually both of them, but I do want to go back to your reasoning with Patrick. Um, and I think I'm, I'm coming along your side too. Like I understand why in the moment, um, they decided to bench him, but I do think in other situations, like it would have been nice to give Patrick a little bit more grace because he is coming back from a long, like he missed nine games. Like we've only played 17. So like that's over half of the games that we've played, he missed. Um, and so I think, like you said, you would hope in that case, like that he would be given a little bit more of a leash, but that could also be like part of his communication too. Like if he just, I mean, he was so frustrated last night, like just so frustrated. So maybe too, like, from a like a mental health standpoint too that might also have played into it like kind of like when they pull a goalie when they you know get three or four um shots against them like goals against them right away like you save them in that moment from the like mental strain of like having to continue with that like um mm -hmm. so that could have been part of it too not to um, I have no idea what the conversation was on the bench, but like in Johnny's situation, like everyone seems so shocked that he was benched and I'm like, what are you seeing? And he, I mean, I know that he, they say that he's creating opportunities and that kind of stuff, which I understand. Um, but he's also doing a lot of things that don't make any sense and that aren't good and he's not playing at all up to his potential. So people who are actually paying attention, because again, I don't know who put this out, but it was someone that had us ranked 31 um, out of the 32 teams, which makes sense. But the like little paragraph that they had underneath it was clear that like the person who wrote it has not been paying attention to what the Blue Jackets have been doing because the whole paragraph was like, they should be really happy with how Jack Roselvick, Jack Roselvick has been performing. Um, blah, 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 blah. Jack's on IR. So like he hasn't played. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> um, so like you're clearly not paying attention to, I mean, I get it. Like, but you're, you're actually, you're publishing this. So like maybe fact check um, and pick a different player that you think that we're happy with. 
Um, Cause even then Jack is pretty inconsistent. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be my top choice of person to say that we're like happy with. Um, but so, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I don't get why people are shocked that Johnny didn't play. Um, and like, I, I do think it was like incredibly sweet because I'm this kind of person too, of like the people who really wanted to like cheer him on last night, um, especially on a night where he's got a 10,000 bobblehead versions of himself being passed out um, to fans, like, and, you know, to have this sort of situation happen, I don't think feels great. Um, and so I know a lot of fans were really wanting to like be supportive and like cheer him on and try and help to get him through um, this. But I don't, you know, I like, like fairies, I do believe that clapping can keep people alive. Um, but I think we're beyond clapping and like something needs to happen. Like he needs to figure it out. And like, he just needs to figure it out. Like, I don't know what else you do. You're paying this man $10 million to do things and he's not doing them. So in any other circumstance, like, I mean, I don't make even a 0.005% of that in my own job, but I know that if I wasn't doing what I was being paid to do, I wouldn't have a job or I'd be in like, some sort of like situation where they were trying to get me resources so I could be better at my job. Mm -hmm. So I hope that the blue jackets, and I know that they are, they're a professional sports team, like, but similar to like all the issues that we went through with Bob, like sports psychologists, I think would be helpful in this scenario. Um, Cause I think it's more of a mental than a physical situation, unless he's playing through something and he's in pain and no one knows about it. Well, and here's the piece. If that's the case, why this team is four, nine and four. If you're hurt, be out. Like just like, you know, yeah, I mean? like, save I don't... yourself the mental like hassle of it all. And if you're hurt, like just go out. That's why I like, I'm convinced that it's not what that is. Right. I mean, like, I think it is like, for the Ted Lasso fans out there, like, I think he has the yips, right? Like, I think that that's a real thing. I think that he's struggling to find his game and maybe he needs to sit a couple. And I know that that's like not a popular opinion. And I know that ownership isn't going to take too kindly to paying somebody that kind of money to make him watch a, a hockey game. But at the same time, I don't know what else you do at this point other than potentially do that. And so um, for what it's worth, I did find a, I did find a different power ranking that does have the Blue Jackets also at 31st, but the the paragraph is the American dream. It's job security in a high paying field, regardless of performance. Yarmo Kekalainen is living the dream, baby. We salute you, Yarmo. Um, and then it says Adam Fantilli, who set a franchise record with 10 shots Thursday night is nice too. Agreed. Big fan yes. of that. Big fan of that. But I don't know. Yeah. I just think that something has to change. It has to happen fast. If they want to do anything to salvage this season, do they want to salvage the season? Fuck if I know at this point, like it's unclear, but they've got to move people. They've got to figure it out. They've got to maybe bring somebody in. Yeah, uh, Elliot Friedman is not convinced that that's not potentially happening. And so we'll see what happens. Bring there, somebody but... in as far as like re as a replacement in the front office. Like No, no, no. Like in terms of like on the ice, like in terms of potentially oh. trying to, you know, he's mentioned that the blue jackets continue to still try to like look for a center and all this kind of stuff. I, again, I don't know how true that is, but 
Well, I mean, they have to be looking at something. We have too many people. Like, we're paying too many people, some of which shouldn't even be, like, we have Eric Robinson in the AHL. We have Kent Johnson in the AHL. Like, we just sent Emil Bemstrom to the AHL. Like, mm-hmm. with the exception of Kent. Um, Nick Blankenberg's like, in the AHL. Nick Blankenberg is in the yeah. AHL. Um, and playing well in the AHL. Um, like, we have too many people. We have scratches every single night. I mean, hell, Adam Boquist sat for 10 straight games. Like, yeah, should have probably sat for more with the way he's played. True. But they have to be trying to garner some sort of situation because we're not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. And, like, the worse we get and the closer we get to the trade deadline, the less people are going to want to work with us in with for anything. And we're just going to be giving guys away for future considerations or... Well, if they keep playing like this, that's all they're going to be worth. True. Um, or, you know, really, you know, six, seventh round draft picks, like, you know, so I'm 100% sure that like, they're trying to, you know, I think we've been rumored on every single person that has been rumored to want a trade or to be asked to be moved. Um, don't ever believe that we are on the list for, you know, Connor, Connor Bernard, not Connor Bernard, um, Connor McDavid to want to get out of the Oilers. Like we can't pay him. We'd have to get rid of half of our team in order to pay him. Um, but I mean, something has to, something has to break fully. I think it already has, right? <laughs> no, I, mean, I know. We gotta be now. close. Um, but yeah, it's just, our veteran guys, honestly, which is weird because I would not have said this a year ago, with the exception of Eric Branson, huh. need to figure their shit out. And the piece of it that sucks, too, is, like, I mean, like, Boone Jenner is playing probably his most, like, streaky hockey I've ever seen him play. Like, he doesn't seem consistent. Like, and he's not – and he hasn't necessarily stood out as being, like, bad to me, like, as much as it's been, like, he's just, like, not really finding a place that, like, he's able to do what he needs to do to be the most productive he can on his team. But, like, ultimately, like, even him, like, I need him to be better, right? Like, I need him to find it. They all need to find it. And, and I mean, like, Zach's honestly not playing terribly. Like, I'm okay with Zach Wierenski's game at this point. Um, You know, Damon Severson finding the back of the net a couple of times on Thursday, like, that's not a bad thing either. Like, we'll take that when we can get it. But you're right. I mean, like, I think Cole has been playing really well. I think he's trying his heart out to get that first goal. Um, I think he's had a, ro- a lot of really good opportunities. I mean, I think Marchenko's playing well. Um, he's also had a lot of good opportunities. They're just, as a group, having a really hard time finding the back of the net. But, like, there are some players who have been improving and have been playing well um, in these circumstances. But... You know, especially like I think what like you said, like Boone hasn't been one of the people that's like necessarily bad because obviously like his faceoff percentage is still good and like all this sort of stuff. But Boone Jenner has been standing out for like the last three years. Like he has been standing out. Right. And it's almost like he scored that hat trick early in the season and then he was just like, Oh, okay. Like I've um, been, imp- I've been impressive enough. Um, right. So, but yeah, and we we need that. Like we need him to return to doing that. Um, 
so that we can at least win some freaking game. So, because it's not great going down the pipe. I mean, we've got Washington on Saturday. We've got Philadelphia on Sunday. And then on Wednesday, freaking Connor Bernard and Nick Foligno come to Columbus the night before Thanksgiving um, with the Blackhawks. Um, and I think New Jersey, I think we play New Jersey on Friday. Um, yeah, probably. That sounds right. I can um, but it's another back-to-back Friday, Saturday situation. Mm, no, they play uh, Friday, they play New Jersey, and then they play Sunday at Carolina, but then they play Monday against Boston. Okay, so they have Saturday off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we don't have easy teams coming up. So... God, they've got a lot of games that are on top of each other. Yeah, we have a I, lot of back-to-backs. I don't know if I realized that until just now. But, yeah, I mean, it's just ultimately, right, like this team, I mean, it hurts, but I'm looking at this too. It's also that it, – and to be fair, this is also like the – it's November in central Ohio and, like, Columbus is all about Ohio State football right now. But, like, games on – the tickets on Monday, it says tickets as low as $12, tickets as low as $9, tickets as low as $12, like it's, tickets as low as $7 for the Kings on Tuesday, December 5th. Like, that's crazy. Um, What's it looking like for next Wednesday? Because if we're going to get tickets. <laughs> tickets as low as $24, so. All right. Yeah, well, I, f- I figured there'd be a little bit of an uptick since it's Chicago. Chicago, yeah, and Bedard. But, no, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's been rough, and it's going to hopefully get better, and hopefully the next time we talk about hockey with you all, it's going to be, like, somewhat positive things, but. It's just not right now, and that is what it is. But there's been some stuff off of the ice that I think are, is exciting to talk about um, because it it honestly, the the tea leaves are reading like the Blue Jackets are going to get a winter classic. They are. It's a yeah. very exciting. And it would be more exciting if we were playing better, but it is still exciting nonetheless that the NHL has done an official site visit. Two. Two official site visits to the shoe. Um, and there's some pretty like legit um, people talking about the likelihood of a um, Columbus, Detroit, Ohio State, Michigan uh, hockey weekend, which I know some people don't love. I'm not a huge proponent of it. I'm not a huge Ohio State fan. Um, I, like I have reasons. My biggest thing was I would not want us to do an Ohio State themed jersey for the Blue Jackets. Um, I absolutely hate that idea. Um, Just like I didn't like the first reverse retro jerseys, our main color is not red. And the idea of it being switched to where if they did the same for Detroit and they had to wear blue, like it just would not. I bet they wouldn't do it that way. I wonder, I don't know what they would do, but I almost wonder if they would go more the like gray and maize vibe. Like I almost wonder if they would do it that way or if it might not even have anything to do with the colors, but maybe like stylistically, like maybe there'll be something like that. Like maybe the blue jackets helmets have Buckeye leaves on them or something like that. Like that's the kind of thing I can see. I would be okay with that. And again, I also like, you know, feel for the people that are like, we're the professional like level team. 
Um, but you have to understand in this in this town, um, that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if you're the crew. It like Ohio and, State rules it all. And also, let's not kid. Like Ohio State is a professional team. Like it's a professional football team. And I know that that sounds crazy, but now that you've introduced things like NIL and you've introduced all that kind of stuff, I mean, if you're playing for the Ohio State Buckeyes, like you're a professional athlete. Like you're going. Sure, you're a college student, but you're shit. Adam Fantilli is the same age as a college student, right? Like, I mean, like, you're a professional athlete, and that's how the city views it. They always will view it that way. And this was always – I always knew that this was going to happen probably pretty quickly after they changed up how the college football playoff is going to work because if you're not a college football fan and you're just living in hockey world, which if you are, honestly, probably better that way. Like, probably stick around. Um, but – uh, they're moving from so they currently have a 14 playoff in college football where the games are played at neutral sites and so you've got teams they're going to play like in the bowl games right like they're playing in Pasadena or Florida or domes right but when they move to the 12 team playoff this is the last year that they have the four team then they move to 12 that opening round matchup I think is the only one, but it is the game that will actually be played at the higher seeds home field. And so Ohio state could potentially be playing, um, you know, home football games at Ohio stadium in late, well, mid to late December. And I think the whole like winterizing of Ohio stadium, that's there it is, right? Like if they feel like they need to do that to be able to support Ohio State hosting a college football playoff game, they're sure as fuck doing that. Like, are you kidding me? They're not going to care about it. And so once it became an Ohio State issue and Ohio State had to do it for Ohio State, you knew this was going to happen. Yeah. So I'm, you know, fine to ride the train. Again, I would prefer that we don't do something crazy and like really do like an Ohio state themed Jersey. I think that it would be cool to have winter classic jerseys obviously, and like do them for the college teams as well. Like have them have specialty jerseys, but I would like to maintain like our own identities as much as I would want the Red Wings to maintain their own identity in that situation as well. Uh, even though they don't really have the same problem that we have um, the Red Wings pretty much stand on their own in Michigan um they don't they don't have that issue but um you know i would just like for all of the teams to maintain their own identity and it just be like a not in the college format but like ohio versus michigan like it's just you know here we are um but that the teams maintain yeah i also want them to include the girls teams in this like I think that is a huge missed opportunity if we don't allow um, especially the Ohio State women's hockey team who are phenomenal um, to participate in this opportunity as well so I hope to see um, I hope that this if this is how this goes that they let both the men's and the women's teams um, play um, that weekend because uh, I think that's a really big opportunity and much like um, they did with like the outdoor game at the Brown stadium, like they even had like a high school team yeah. like, have their games there, uh, which I thought was really cool. Now, hopefully they, and I know that this will, they will do this, but let's not plan for the games to be at one o'clock um, and, and, you know, have the sun start to melt. Oh yeah. Well, they yeah. play, they play winter classic games around that. <laughs> 
<laughs> they are usually midday, <laughs> but it's January 1st. It's not like March. Like that's like the difference there. Like, I mean, like you're in a little bit of a safer territory, I think with Correct, January 1st. But still maybe like three o'clock. I'd be game for three o'clock. Um, well, and here's the other thing about that too that I didn't even think about. January first is a really popular college football like bowl game day, and so like that's gonna be fucked up too if they end up <laughs> having to play at the same time as Ohio State and potentially Michigan. <laughs> like depending yeah. on if Michigan's if in a similar spot, gonna be a lot of scheduling that goes into it. But I think it's great. I think that it would bring a ton of people to the city. I think it would be a huge revenue booster. Like, um, I think it would be a lot of fun. We're all going to freeze our asses off. But, like, yeah. um, I just think it would be great. It's such an opportunity to just finally um, kind of make up for the not great showing that we had in the um, international series. Um, and just show pe more people like what Columbus is all about and like the opportunities that are here. So it's really exciting to have some really positive and like actual forward movement on it, as opposed to like the rumors that have floated around for years now. Correct. Well, and the thing that sucks too, is even with the wins, like the uh, hockey situation is Michigan, and this is crazy, does not have a Division One women's hockey team. Like, they do not field a women's hockey team in NCAA Division One. Their women's hockey team is a club Division One team. They're an ACHA Division One team. And so that's crazy to me. Um, so Ohio State, I, I do think they should do it. They would just have to host somebody else, which is fine. But, like, I would love to see it. They deserve it more than the men do, to be honest with you. Uh, no shade. No shade. But, you know, champions. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> But yeah, so, I mean, bring in whatever team they want to play like um, that weekend, but just giving them the opportunity to play um, would be important to me. Agreed. Agreed. Laura, what else is on your hockey heart? We've got the Winter Classic potentially coming to Columbus. What other... Last night was Hockey Fights Cancer Night, mm. um, which the Blue Jackets always do such a beautiful job um, honoring um, especially the childhood heroes who are current um, patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital who are battling ch various childhood cancers. Um, it's just such a special night um, that, you know, all of the teams do across the league. Um, a night that we're typically, at least one of us is at um, for mm -hmm. the last couple of years, but unfortunately, uh, neither one of us could make it to the game last night. But um, I sat down last night and had a nice little cry watching all of the videos of the kids and, of course, watching the players interact um, with, uh, with the heroes this year. So, again, kudos to the Blue Jackets for putting on such um, an awesome night for everyone. Super jealous of everyone who got one of the Johnny bobbleheads. Um, but shout out to listener, fan, and friend Linda, Linda, who is our true MVP, who was able to snag um, two of the extra or two extra bracelets that they were passing out um, from uh, for the game last night that say "Keep Making Plans." Um, and she's mailing them to us, which is just so lovely and so thoughtful. And I loved that she thought that we would have a P.O. box. Um, Linda, you're the first person who's ever asked to mail us anything. 
So um, <laughs> that's true. Number one. So hence we don't have a need technically right now for a PO box, but that was just so sweet to think of us. Um, obviously hockey fights cancer um, and cancer research is a near and dear cause to our hearts. Um, you know, we've both lost loved ones um, to it. Um, obviously Jeremy's, you know, beautiful and wonderful mother. And then my mom's best friend just passed away this past weekend um, from cancer as well. So it is something that we really care about and we were sad to miss, but so glad that they were able to honor all of those people and obviously raise a lot of good money uh, to go towards cancer research and nationwide children's. Um, but yeah, just one of the better. And of course I love purple. So just one of the better, better nights at the arena. And Adam Vantilly's shoe game was good. Oh my goodness, that sweet boy um, honoring his grandma and having those special shoes made. Um, and then literally spur of the moment asking if he could have them auctioned off um, and just like took them off and signed them, um, which is so sweet. And I know his grandmother was very, very proud last night. Um, and we're continuing to hope that she is doing well in treatment and um, getting better. Um, but it was so sweet for him to be able to, to honor her all of last night. So, and I think it showed in all the times he tried to score a goal. So. It sure did. It sure did. And, you know, it's always nice. I think when, you know, we can recognize why this kind of stuff is important, right? Like this is the kind of stuff that when we talk about these, these specialty nights, or when we talk about the nights that exist to honor people or honor things like why it's important, right? Like it helps people to be seen. It helps people and it helps players who have something that's near and dear to their heart to be able to advocate for that and to promote it and to do things like, you know, take them off, sign them and auction them off to be able to raise money, right? Like that's the kind of stuff that like this is for. And the fact that we, are in a place where it goes back and forth as to whether or not these kind of things can even happen. And obviously it happens differently last night. They don't get the chance to use. I mean, I know that they were still doing some things with, with the, you know, design of the, you know, hockey fights, cancer stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's it, man. I just can't really gather my thoughts on why that stuff is so important, but it is. And, and so I always like to see it. I'm always glad to, to see the players really buy into that stuff and, Kudos to them. Obviously, our love goes out to anybody who has been affected by the absolutely awful disease that is cancer. And if you or a loved one is fighting that fight right now, just know that you're always going to be in our thoughts and prayers as we continue to hopefully one day find a cure for cancer. So we love you all. But um, Laura, I think that that, at least in my book, is there anything you probably have more because you've been probably more attuned to what Blue Jackets hockey and what hockey has been this week. But I frankly have been at work for 15 hours a day, most days. So I am out of commission on the hockey topics. I mean, the only thing I really have is just uh, we will finally move on to episode 200. Yes. Next yeah. Week. Um, I love, uh, we are, you know, we did stick with the shtick, um, because we wanted to, we want to make episode the official in our books, episode 200, uh, special. And obviously if you've been listening, you know, that, um, my circumstances caused us to have to, um, delay the big plans that we had, um, 
but everything has been rescheduled and we are really, really looking forward to bringing you some very special content for our official 200th episode um, next week. And we hope that you're looking forward to it. I know that we are. um, And obviously we're looking forward to the next 200, but we're excited to celebrate this milestone finally um, with everyone. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. And um, we're very excited and we just are so grateful to all the people who have helped us um, get this rescheduled and like work with us and be so great and so supportive. Um, It's just been really nice. Even when I'm grouchy, I'm very supportive of of everyone working with us to make this happen. So yeah, I mean, other than that, there's nothing really, I don't think going on too much. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully there are more wins in the next 200. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about that? True. Oh, I do have one last thing because this will happen before our next episode comes out. Um, A big happy birthday to a friend of the show, Megan. Her birthday is on the 19th. Um, She is going to be in Philadelphia um, with her boyfriend, Reese, to watch the Blue Jackets play against the Flyers. Um, So happy birthday to her. Megan, we love you so much. Um, And we, you have been such a support since day one. Um, And we we hope you have the best time in Philadelphia. Eat some soft pretzels and a Philly cheesesteak and wave to Cameron for me. I highly recommend Sunny's. Sunny's is my favorite. I don't know. I've never been to Philadelphia, but I know she's a big soft pretzel girl. And I know that Philadelphia is the home of soft pretzels. Kelly and I went to the Philadelphia of a soft pretzel company once and it's a chain and it was in North Carolina and it was in fact ass. (laughs) It was really not good, but I'm sure the ones at actual Philadelphia are really good. Um, So check those out. But yeah, Sunny's and there's also like a old time like ice cream shop nearby that I actually think she would be obsessed with because of her love for ice cream does love ice cream. She has a whole freezer that's just for ice cream. No, that's what I'm saying. I actually really need to probably text her and tell her to go there because it's so good. But okay. Well, Laura, we're going to be up to some shenanigans over the course of the next week. I am sure of it. Um, But until we get the chance to talk to the next nice young people who listen to our show, I don't know why they're young. You can be any age and listen to our show. Hey. That's true. How old do you think our oldest listener is? I'm hoping like, like over or under... 74. Um, well, I know your dad listens. Damn, 74. He's not 74. I know that. (laughs) But like under 74. I don't know. I don't know how many 70. Yeah. I don't know many over 70 year olds that know how to listen to podcasts. I hope there's one. I hope there's this like an 88 year old babushka somewhere. I hope they're one of our European listeners. That would be lovely. Yeah. Um, but right now, I think your our oldest is probably your dad. <laughs> Damn, he's gonna kill you. Um, <laughs> he better not. I'm making him pie. But it will be after. It will be when you deliver the pie. You're delivering it. I will be sent on a mission to end you. Hmm. After I've acquired the pie. Hmm. I won't do it. But Randy knows I love him. Correct. Correct. But and he calls himself old man. So he does. Yeah. 
he does. He my favorite thing to do for him is like whenever I like well back when you were in college eighty four years ago did you ever have to like I do that shit to him all the time and he like he gets pissed so I don't know we'll see he's sensitive about his age is weird but anywho we're rambling Laura where can the good folks find our content for the rest of the week um you can find us on our personal accounts um which are sometimes used for writing um which are itr jeremy and itr laura you can follow the show on social media we are on twitter and instagram at subjectively pod we are on facebook tiktok and youtube at subjectively speaking uh we do have a website subjectlyspeaking.com where you can Learn a little bit more about us if you're new and also get links to all the things that we are talking about. Um, as Jeremy briefly uh, mentioned earlier in the show, we do have a merch store, um, subjectivelymerch.com. It does have a Here's Johnny shirt on it. Um, but if you're not super feeling Mr. Gaudreau at this point, there are other things on there that you can purchase that would greatly support us, especially this time of year as the holidays approach. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. Um, and then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast plat platform you're listening to us on, uh, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And as usual, we do not know how the algorithms work. We just know that all of your likes and subscriptions and stars and comments and whatnot helps us to get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. Um, so other than that, I look forward to talking to all of you with our big two, 200th <laughs> um, episode next week. And uh, yeah, just take care of one another. Absolutely. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time for our very special 200th episode, uh, we hope you take care of yourselves, take care of one another. Remember that hockey is for everyone. And we really, we really do truly mean everyone. And we'll talk to you all next time. Bye.